Hello there, folks. Welcome to the Inside Line F1 podcast. Welcome to Pits to Podium. This is the Brazilian GP preview episode. And actually, this year, it's called the Sao Paulo GP. That's one thing to watch out for. What are the other five things to watch out for? We'll tell you more on that in this very episode. So stick right here. More on this in a bit. Hey, folks. Welcome back into the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pits to Podium. My name is Somal Arora. And you might know me from the driving force on Disney Plus Hotstar or maybe from Glance Live or Glance TV now as well. Yeah, I can flex about that a little bit. But I'm joined by Kunal Shah, the former marketing head of the Force India F1 team who now works as a motorsport consultant at the VSport Network in Norway. You know this part, right? This, this is all the common intro. This is all the good stuff that we always tell you. But there's more good stuff coming because we're back at Sao Paulo two years after we came back here. Honestly, it feels like a long time, but if there's a place to come to Kunal for a really good championship closing race, this is it. It literally can't get better. It can't get better. And thank you. It can never get better with the openings that you do as well uh, to the to the episodes time and again, Somil. So thank you very much for that. And, you know, you mentioned it. It's not the Brazilian Grand Prix. It's not the traditional name that we've been calling it for I think 48 years for some strange reason. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's down to some sponsor or, or the Brazilian government or the local organizers, whoever's funding it, said we need to call it the Sao Paulo Grand Prix, right? So I don't care what they call it as long as we keep racing at Interlagos and the Rio de Janeiro or any of the other circuits that are being discussed for Brazil don't really come up because the Interlagos just is what it is, you know, Interlagos. And also, interestingly, Interlagos is not the official name of the circuit, right? It's the Autodromo Jose Carlos Pace or Passe. I wouldn't know what the, Pache, the local yeah. pronunciation Pache, is. Yeah. yeah, and I think Pace, just the word English uh, is fantastic. It's a high-speed circuit and it's got Pace and, in the official name, right? And uh, you mentioned championship and, you know, championship uh, conclusions, etc. And all of the four current world champions, not current, but all of the four world champions who are racing uh, on the 2021 Formula One grid have had uh, a world championship confirmed at this Grand Prix, right? And then, of course, there's Felipe Massa, who we'll always remember each time we come here. And uh, it's it's the middle of a triple header sawmill. Uh, You know, uh, freight is delayed, as we know, but I, I know the freight's going to come. I know there's eventually going to be a race. There will be some things that they will change, I guess, if if things are not on, on time. But what I'm really looking forward to, and th- there will be one branding change that Formula One is doing this weekend, but here's something else that we should try and look forward to. So the two races ago was the race in Austin, 400,000 people. Then last mm-hmm. weekend was the race in Mexico, 372,000 people, yeah. right? That's a three-quarter of a million fans over a fortnight. And Brazil is one of the more traditional Formula One markets, right? Austin, you can say, is fairly new. Mexico is there or not there, depending on if there's a Mexican driver uh, on the grid, like we've got the, you know, the uh, the Rodriguez brothers when they were there or Checo Perez. But Brazil has been yeah. there forever since. Atten Senna and several other drivers who sort of make the legend of Formula One in Brazil. So could it be that Formula One would have engaged close to a million fans on the ground in the stands 
over the course of this three weekends, Samuel. And that's one storyline I'm really looking forward to. That's ridiculous. That's so many people. And I'm sure you're not going to see that number increase by a lot in Qatar. That's for sure. Because when MotoGP comes across there, the stands, well, what can I say? There's a reason why they have so few stands at that very circuit. So take off that what you will. But but Sao Paulo, all things considered, Kunal, you're right. It's always a fiesta. And I know for a fact that Brazil isn't always a fiesta. Uh, my, my my director at my esports company, he he lives in Brazil. He tells that the image of what we see from the outside is not all party, not all fun, not all flavor. But at the race weekend, Kunal, it always is. And what a better story to come to for the race weekend than the fact that there's, again, this big question roaming around about, well, is it going to be Red Bull or Mercedes who hold the upper hand here? Because, of course, in the last few weekends, interestingly enough, we've seen this very fun dynamic play out where either one of the teams has the top trumps, the top hand, the upper hand, whatever you'd like to call it, in terms of raw pace. And the other team has to do something really special. So, say in Mexico, it was Mercedes who were trying out something different all the time, but Lewis just didn't have the raw pace. Similar in USA. In Turkey, it was Red Bull on the other way around. So, this is something very intriguing, Gunal. And into Lagos, Red Bull have been fast there, historically there too. So, again, same old, same old, but really good same old, right? Uncertainty. Yes, uncertainty. And... You know, you mentioned Red Bull, Mercedes, and then a name, you know, cropped up in my mind. And this is a little off Formula One, but it's very important for Somil and me on the podcast, right? Uh, so shout out to Naman Jain for sort of helping us increase our audio capabilities. If we are sounding sharper than we ever did, it's thanks mm. to Naman and his talent and his inputs. And frankly... Oh, yeah. Why, you know, why am I, you know, why did his name come up when we spoke about Mercedes and Red Bull? Because, you know, Samil and I have had the same setup. It's Naman who's helped us tweak the setup in a way that it works for us to give us really world-class, you know, studio-like audio, right? And it's like, you know, Mercedes had the same suspension. They just tweaked their setup so that the suspension lowers in the highs, you know, yeah. in, in the straight lines to give them better performance. So it's something similar to that, Samil, right? And uh, so thank you very much, uh, Naman, for, uh, you know, helping us out. Uh, and uh, now back to Formula One. Uh, you know, Red Bull is traditionally supposed to be quicker, higher altitude, you know, uh, like we saw in Mexico, this is about 800 mm -hmm. meters about sea level. We've seen Max do well already before our chair till Esteban Ocon sort of do, did, you know, did his thing <laughs> once uh, as well. But overall, I think it's, it's, uh, it's just being in Brazil is, is going to be fantastic because it's a long race. You know, it's a short uh, lap. It's about 70 odd laps that we're going to see. Uh, we've seen several late race safety cars that have come up. Uh, which have sort of uh, changed the course of races like we, you know, we've seen before. Uh, and a stat that was shared by the Alpine F1 team is that 14 races in Brazil have been uh, won by less than five seconds, including wow. two of the last three races that were held here. So whether it is Red Bull whether it is Mercedes, whosoever is going to eventually, you know, uh, uh, win, I think we are going to be in for a closer race this weekend. At least that's what we all should be hoping for because, you know, Max is 19 points ahead. Lewis has just said every race is a must win for him. 
There's a sprint this weekend, so there are more points up for grabs. Yeah, if Max right. sudden, yeah, if Max suddenly pulls, you know, uh, more than a 25 uh, uh, points gap by the time they leave, uh, to, uh, by the time they leave Brazil, then you know, going into the last, uh, you know, three races, he's going to have a gap of more than one race win. So he's suddenly in that space where he could afford a DNF, whether it's mechanical, whether it's sporting, whether somebody bumps him off. So it is, you know, it is tilting towards Max's territory. And this yep. is where I hope that it remains close, where Lewis pulls is able to pull something back. So we have a battle all the way up until Abu Dhabi. It's interesting you mentioned this. DNFs could really be the case that changes things up. And you mentioned about Ocon and Verstappen about all that could happen. Really, you can't tell. And, and honestly, that's something that's been happening in the cricket over the last few days where there's been unlikely heroes and situations where you really didn't even imagine that something like that could even happen and someone who's actually losing badly can pull it up so well towards the end. And that could maybe happen eventually, right? If you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, that's what you really want to hear. Not so much if you're a Max Verstappen fan, to be very honest with you. But you, you pointed out something very interesting, Kunal, that sort of uh, gives away the excitement behind it. F1 sprint. It's now about nine odd minutes to the episode. And then we're like, yeah, there's, there's F1 sprint as well. <laughs> that's, that's also a thing <laughs> happening so far this weekend. Clearly, uh, of course, it's not hit the highs that we wanted it to, but it adds another variable. And honestly, that's all that Formula 1 needs right now. More controlled variables. And the sprint is coming up. There is an air of uh, uncertainty around Lewis Hamilton potentially getting an engine penalty. Again, nothing's confirmed. Hamilton himself is waiting for some more news from Mercedes to get an idea on that. It just adds up. It really just adds up. And with the sprint, interestingly enough, two past races, as Sundaram has often pointed out, and he's going to have a segment on this episode, by the way, as well. So that's fun to hear. But as Sundaram has often pointed out, Kunal, two sprint races, two accidents between Verstappen and Hamilton on that very weekend. I get a feeling this is just going to be another climax for the season, if anything. You know, the best way to put it is what I, what you and I actually said last weekend after Mexico. You know, two starts of two, two race starts, two opening laps. You never know what's going to happen, especially if it's Max and Lewis on the front two rows, which is pretty much possible. It is going to be like that. You know, it's it's something that's going to be extremely exciting to look forward to. And, you know, another variable, you mentioned a variable. Another variable here is that the number two drivers are actually coming uh you know to the fore as well they're coming to the fight we've right. seen, seen checo perez brilliant run of form he was pressurizing lewis hamilton in mexico valtteri botas he took pole position in mexico till before he was spun out and so on so i think it, yes that's going to be another very interesting variable to 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 see this weekend as well Samuel. And with that, let's actually do something special, right? Why don't we give you a few more stats? So after weeks, and thank goodness, things are finally okay on that end. Sundaram is back with the stats preview, and we shall show you exactly what he's got on board right here, right now. Listen in. Last four races of the season, and everyone is going to be looking at the numbers. The points table in the Drivers' and the Constructors' Championship 
who is increasing the points gap or who is reducing the points gap and eventually who's going to be winning the championship everyone's going to be having their eyes on the numbers so we like talking about numbers so let's do the stats preview of the sao paulo grand prix in brazil first up the interlagos circuit is the second highest circuit in formula 1 in terms of altitude it's uh, roughly around 800 meters above sea level the only second uh, to mexico now there was a lot of talk and chatter about how altitude affects the performance uh, of a car over the race weekend now you would see a little bit of that effect this weekend as well but there is a little bit of thin air there's going to be a little less drag uh, but not to the extent of how it was in mexico so you'd probably see teams running slightly higher downforce levels uh, in in brazil especially for that very twisty uh, infield section in in the second sector now Interlagos is also the fourth shortest circuit on the F1 calendar after Monaco uh, after Monaco Zandvoort and Mexico and there's a very short sprint from pole position up until the first corner uh, which is roughly around 195 meters also the shortest dash probably in in all of formula 1 now we remember speaking about pole sitters in Mexico and the sort of curse they have and they have not been winning races or even standing on the podium since 2017 it's pretty much the opposite in Brazil because uh, pole sitters have won 6 of the last 7 races here and if you are a front row qualifier you are still ha- you still have a very good benefit because since 2008 every race has been won from the front row i would probably think that okay if pole sitters and front row qualifiers are winning the race there's probably not a lot of chance of overtaking Well, you're wrong. Brazil has probably one of the highest overtaking rates in uh, since 2017, only behind Portimao and Hockenheim. So there's going to be a lot of overtaking, a lot of interesting battles that we're going to see on on the race weekend. So keep an eye out for that. One of the milestones this weekend is that Daniel Ricciardo is going to surpass Nico Rosberg for the second most consecutive race starts in Formula One. He's going to be doing his 207th. a race start on sunday and he's only behind lewis hamilton who is right up there up top with 265 consecutive races which ended after the barring grand prix last year he could probably you know overhaul lewis hamilton's record somewhere in 2024 considering we have over 20 races each season but it's still a very very big milestone for the aussie and lastly and probably the biggest fact or the biggest stat that i wanted to give into in this video is that first of all if you are a mercedes fan i would probably request you to skip a minute late and watch the rest of the video because you're not going to like this especially if you're a lewis hamilton fan interlagos is not necessarily is not lewis hamilton's greatest circuit in 13 appearances he's been on the podium only five times and that's a big thing because if if you if you go by lewis hamilton's potential going by his caliber and his dominance uh, in the hybrid era especially he's been on the podium only five times and he's won two races and his he has an he, he takes an average of just 10 points in each brazilian grand prix 10 10 points is roughly fourth place and that's one of his worst uh, points averages amongst all the circuits that he's raced at so can you try and fix that record or better that record in this on uh, this weekend we can only get to know that on sunday and let's see how the race unfolds and how the championship unfolds so that was a stats preview of the sao paulo grand prix and i'll hopefully catch you for the next one in qatar well 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 i just went on a really big talk about how it's so great to have sundaram back on and how interlagos is one of the circuits where overtaking is really possible in the modern day formula 1 car and i forgot that my mic was muted at least this time it's on so so that's a positive but the interesting part is kunal as sundaram mentioned and i, I wish i could show this on the video as well 
that Interlagos right up there with Portimao, right up there with Hockenheim in terms of best circuits to have an overtaking race on with these modern day cars. And what this seriously means is that in the midfield, maybe we can have more fights with the likes of Gasly, with the likes of Ferrari, McLaren, because here they can fight. And Kunal has just done what I've just done. Ah, it's like that's the point. <laughs> it's like the magic button, you know. Lewis Hamilton didn't know if he put it on or off in Baku, Seriously? and like, we still don't know if it was on or off. But yes, um, you know, <laughs> overtaking is going to be fun, especially in the midfield. You mentioned Gasly, and to to me, uh, you know, he's the driver to really watch out for. Uh, he's returning to the place where he scored his first, uh, his maiden Formula One podium. I loved the scene of his, you know. Toro Rosso car, Honda powered back then, out dragging Hamilton's Mercedes, uh, you know, from the from the last corner till the finish line, as as we know. And uh, Gasly was untouchable in uh, Mexico by Ferrari as well as the McLaren drivers. And uh, Gasly is, you know, it's it's not. Uh, I wouldn't say it's Alpha Tauri versus Alpine in the constructors' championship. It's more like yeah. Gasly versus Alpine in the constructors' <laughs> championship. You know. Sorry, Yuki, no offense, but, you know, on a more serious note, if you look at the numbers, Gasly scored 86 out of Alpha Tauri's 106 points. And then he's also scored five top six finishes in the last eight races. And only Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton have had more, uh, you know, in the same number of races. So that's how... Uh, phenomenal his you know performance has been in terms of quality in terms of consistency in terms of points and I think it's it's going to be fun to see what Gasly is able to do out there as well so in my view it's going to be Ferrari versus McLaren and that's always a battle to look forward to versus Pierre Gasly Samuel. And one interesting element to that Ferrari versus McLaren battle, Kunal, has to be the fact that Ferrari now lead. I, I suppose it's the first time this year that it's happened in this battle that Ferrari have the upper hand, especially when you consider the timing, right? Only a few, I mean, not even a few months ago, only a month and a half ago, McLaren were right up there at their very peak. We were talking about them being genuine competitors everywhere. Now Ferrari have their advantage. How do you see that dynamic flowing away into this place where Honestly, we've seen a lot more titanic Ferrari versus McLaren battles. I still think it's not over even on the P3 front yet, just like it's not over in the P1 front in the Drivers' Championship, right? Mexico was probably an outlier when it came to McLaren, uh, you know, not doing well and Ferrari doing exceptionally well. I expect the gap to sort of become closer come Interlagos. And uh, eager to see what Daniel Ricciardo is able to pull in as well, because you know he's having a lo- he's he's sort of narrowing within a band of good bad good bad races, and I think it's only a matter of time till he sort of gets into that position. I'm sure, you know, turn one in Mexico, what he did, what actually happened, is not uh, Daniel Ricciardo stuff as we know it. Mm. So I, I think even the Ferrari versus McLaren and the Alpine versus Alpha Tauri, you know, it's a exciting battles that literally every race could help changing the course of Sommel. Absolutely, there is that. There, of course, is the aspect that we could maybe see George Russell in his last few races for Williams. So that is another thing to watch out for. And absolutely, Gunal, Yuki Sonoda, you mentioned he's been the one normally not scoring the points for Alpha Tauri, but maybe there are a few inklings that things could get better, especially after last week. He would want to go out there and prove himself. But 
I just read an article somewhere that said that Alpine of all teams are slightly worried that Sonoda might get up delivering and his run of form has been good. We'll wait and see about that. But your take on the predictions, Kunal, who are you going to go with? Uh, I know and I love this fact that uh, that things have become so simple where we just have to rock up and say, well, we don't know. And, and honestly, we don't know. So th- what would you put your money on for this weekend? I will put my money on Max Verstappen this weekend and... I'm uh-huh. actually waiting to see uh, a weekend and maybe it's Brazil and I'm going to literally repeat this till such time it happens if it happens in uh-huh. 2021. So McLaren are the only team to have scored a 1-2 in 2021. It happened in Monza. Can Checo Perez use his form, use the, you know, use the pace advantage that we all think Red Bull has over Mercedes to sneak in onto the podium? higher than P3 he's been i think his best has been uh P3 all through the season of course he won a race uh, he won he the won, race yeah, in Baku yeah. as well but uh, can Checo Perez finish ahead of Lewis Hamilton and help Max Verstappen get those additional XYZ points whatever it comes up to be in the drivers championship Ooh. battle of course it's not great for formula 1 but i think it'll be great to see if Checo is able to you know sort of do that because in Mexico Lewis actually turned around and said I had a car that should have actually finished third and I finished second and I'm yeah. pretty pleased with that. So I'd love to see if that sort of reverses just because uh to me it seems like the natural course of action you know with number two drivers with Red Bull sort of having the edge as we think it, uh you know on a Thursday that they do. So that's my mm-hmm. prediction Samuel and I'm eager to know what yours is. I think it's going to be three consecutive weeks where both you and I can all have to go for Red Bull. And yeah, I know you're supposed to have a diversity in opinions on a podcast like this, but with their run of form, how can you predict something else, right? I think this is going to be Red Bull territory, and not sure about Sergio, but but I do get a feeling it's going to be really close. So that's yeah, I, I hope that helps. <laughs> yes. No, but but, but uh, <laughs> I get a feeling that it's going to be Max. I get a feeling it's going to be Sergio. Then maybe Lewis. I I don't think he's going to have the best of weekends. If there's an ICE penalty coming in, happy birthday, sir. The things have gone even worse for you, even more pear shaped, if anything. But this is going to be what we think of this weekend, folks. And let us know what your thoughts are on social media. As Kunal mentioned, go check out Naman's work. Link in the bio or description or. show notes again we did this multi format right and also to sundaram's work because he's put in an excellent shift to bring out the stats preview for this episode but folks thank you so much for listening thank but, you so much for before, watching bef- before you uh-huh. switch the engine off somil one right. one actual point right one point oh the most efficient engine in the world of yes yes formula 1 powered by hybrid that's going to be the new branding that we're going to see which yeah. finally happens but another thing as well Uh okay we, this is the last sprint race weekend uh, of That's the right, season yes. which means that a driver could actually score 29 points that if you uh you know if you start on uh, no well if you win the sprint you get 3 points yeah. you win the grand prix you get 25 points and you get the mm. fastest lap of the race in the grand prix as well and that totals up to 29 points up until now no driver has uh-huh. scored 29 points and i think daniel ricardo has scored the highest in a grand prix weekend which was 27 points Six, right uh, so, 27 years yeah so i'd love to see if no but no wouldn't that be lewis hamilton with 50 at abu dhabi 
No, oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, I meant this this season. I meant this ah, season. Okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, with with all the silly double uh, points uh, that we've had in, <laughs> in 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 back in time. But I'd love to see if you know whether it's Max or Checo or whoever yeah. it is that on the top step of the podium could be Lewis as well. If there's somebody who actually scores those that magic number oh, of twenty nine point. points, Samuel. That's a good point. Uh, I wonder if it'll happen. I hope it's the last time we see 29 points on offer for a race win. Seriously, um, I'm not a big fan of sprint, but let's see what we get, right? I mean, uh, you could end up just quoting Forrest Gump and say, an F1 sprint is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. If it leads to another fun Hamilton versus Verstappen clash, I don't mind seeing F1 sprint more often, but that's all that we've got for you this time out, folks. See you for the race review right here on the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch the Podium. And don't forget to enjoy this race weekend. We often end up not doing so because we're so involved in the fight, but enjoy. It's going to be Brazil. It's going to be fun. See you on Monday. Bye-bye.